Welcome to Spring the Beacon with Ryan Rieger. Today we're playing Lego, and Daddy has other dice stay on my play Lego. Hey guys, welcome back to the Streams of Income radio show. I'm your host, Ryan Rieger, and today we have a returning guest. He's my friend, Mark Willis. This will be his fifth time on the podcast. He was on episode 10, 32, 59, and 76. And so we welcome him back again. He always blows my mind with amazing financial information, but uh, I don't want to spoil this because he explains this way better than I ever could. But just know that um, the things that he's teaching has really been a huge benefit and a blessing to our family. And I hope this is a blessing to yours as well. If you're interested in learning more about any of this that he talked about, go to ryanrieger.com forward slash bank on yourself, ryanrieger.com forward slash bank on yourself. Here's my interview with Mark. All right, Mark, welcome back to Streams of Income Radio. Appreciate it. Hey, Ryan. Hey, man. So glad to be on. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I think this is uh, number four, maybe. I don't know. You're one of our recurring guests. It's at least a three-peat. Yeah, at least a three-peat, maybe four-peat. We always have something fun to talk about. And you said, um, you know, you're one of the easiest guests because literally I just kind of hit record and let you talk um, because like your topic is one that I don't feel like I can add a whole lot of value to. I mean, I can tell from, you know, from my experience and working with you, um, but uh, you are the expert in you know, all the financial stuff. And I totally look to you. So what do you got for us today? And then we talked about off camera about some um, timely tax things that uh, how folks like me who aren't billionaires yet um, can still take advantage of the tax benefits. Yeah. You know, there was recently just a month or two ago, a massive leak data leak from the treasury department and the Uh internal revenue service. Somebody let loose the real actual tax returns of the 25 wealthiest Americans uh, in this country, people like Carl Icahn, Jeff Bezos, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, um, you know, the list goes on and on, Elon Musk. And the, the data shows the legal ways in which the wealthiest among us have avoided paying, in many cases, paying all of the taxes, you know, wow. like they come come away with paying zero taxes in certain years. So this is their like their 1040s that were released. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can go and look at their schedule. Like you can mm-hmm. actually go see it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was cool. released uh, and it's on, uh, you know, USA Today wrote on it. Uh-huh. And but uh, ProPublica was the investigative newsroom that kind of broke the story. Okay. And, you know, what we can talk about here today, guys, if and, and Ryan, if you'd like, is how you can legally avoid paying taxes. Not evading taxes, but avoiding right. paying taxes, uh, uh, and and also how we can beat the wealthy at their own game, even for just a you know a small amount. If if you're not you know Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or mm-hmm. Warren Buffett, how you can still participate and even beat them at their own game. So that'd be yeah. a fun thing we could talk about if you'd yeah. like. Yeah, let's go for that. I know there's something else we might be able to get to too if we have time. Um, but yeah, let's dig into the tax stuff because that's nobody likes paying taxes, right? Uh, <laughs> Right. Well, and and most Americans and and a lot of our clients that we work with, they're not Uber, you know, the Uber elite wealthy. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're most of us uh, small business owners mm-hmm. um, and uh, folks that are just trying to to take some more control over their financial life. Yeah. Many Americans, whether they're business owners or not, are still living paycheck to paycheck, mm-hmm. and they're only able to scrimp and save what they can after right. expenses are covered. And 
you know, the, the Internal Revenue Service has made it clear they've been around over 100 years now. Uh, and that's interesting side note that we as a country existed just fine um, with surpluses in the budget without an income tax for many wow. generations, by the way. But Ryan, what's kind of interesting is the, the typical tax brackets that we all fall in uh, are as a result of our earned income. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the average median American household is about $70,000 a year. Okay. And if you make that, then you'll be paying an effective tax rate of about 14% in federal taxes. Okay. So that goes up as you make more money. So as you make more money, your tax bracket goes up to 37% under the current tax law. It might go up to 39 if if uh, some laws are passed recently. So, mm-hmm. and that's if you make over 628 grand. Okay. okay. So that's sort of the the typical income brackets. Um, and that's kind of how it's worked. Now, now we are in very much a low income tax, uh, historically speaking. I, I guess I'm curious, Ryan, as you kind of look into the future, I'll turn the tables on this interview a little bit so I can hush. <laughs> sure. uh, but what do you see, not just this year, next year, I don't care who's in the office, right. white oval office, where, where are taxes headed and why? over your lifetime. Yeah. I mean, I'm just obviously guessing, but I would uh, imagine they're going to be going up rather than down. Um, unless we get somebody in the office that says, Hey, let's just re- reduce it. You know, like, uh, I believe president Trump did that. Um, but, um, yeah, no, I, I don't see it going down massively. So yeah. I think it's safe to assume it's going to go up and plan for that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even if we did get another, you know, uh, lower taxes, uh, politician, mm-hmm. there's another party in power in Washington, and it's a four-letter word. It's M A T H, the Math Party. <laughs> right. uh, the Math Party is going to win this uh, election eventually yeah. because even if you cut taxes, if you don't cut spending, the deficits just keep getting bigger. And at right. some point, you know, we we must come and pay pay our dues in in terms of our overall debt problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, not to mention entitlement spending and more. So it's not a political conversation, it's really a mathematical sure. discussion. But again, the the um, the tax code has always existed uh, the first 50 to 100 pages or so of the tax law explains how they'll tax us. Mm-hmm. The other several thousand pages in the tax law are all of the legal ways in which we can avoid paying those taxes. And some people have even referred to the IRS tax code, Ryan, as a kind of a dance playbook, uh, as, a, as a way to sort of dance with your partner. The IRS mm. is sort of our dance partner here. Yeah. And if we can do what the government wants, essentially, uh, we can avoid paying taxes. Mm-hmm. If we don't do what they want, we're going to have to pay them taxes. So either way, we're a partner with the government. In mm-hmm. this in this dance of life, right. hate to say it, but that's just the way of the way of things. Right. So, what's a way we can participate with the government? Well, you know, you could think about starting a business. Mm-hmm. The government doesn't want to run the entire economy, so they incentivize business owners to start a business, and they'll give you a tax break for that. You know, things like oh, you you tell me, right? Uh, uh, the 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 tax breaks that come with buying a business car. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, or deducting some inventory expenses. These are all things that maybe many of your listeners are already doing right. or investing Education, in real estate, in cor- investing in courses or yeah. supplies. A lot of we, a lot of our, um, you know, my audience is uh, e-commerce sellers. So they're buying mm-hmm. boxes and tape and paper for their printers and all that kind of stuff. That's all tax. And they know this, most of them realize yeah. that that's tax deductible, but yeah, that you're right. The government does incentivize us to have a business. That's good. 
and and buying a house you know the government doesn't want to build housing across this country so they incentivize real estate developers to Nor would we want them to <laughs> right exactly yeah yeah well thank goodness you know there's a lot of countries and systems that that would prefer to just let the government run the whole thing right um so so how is it that these very wealthy have been able to figure out legal ways to avoid paying taxes again it's they're just following what the government has laid out for them to do Mm-hmm. So let's get into it. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to ask your listeners to write down three words okay. and the words are buy that's b u y borrow b o r o w and then die d i e. Mm-hmm. That's the strategy that the very wealthy among us have used for years. So one example, uh, Tesla reported that Musk uh, pledged some 92 million shares, which were worth about $57 billion in 2021. Mm-hmm. And he did this and earned no uh, experience, no taxes due. So let's start with the first step. The first step is buy. You have to buy assets. Uh, so you want to buy something that will go up in value, hopefully. <laughs> uh, and you specifically want to buy assets that don't pay an income. Now, this show is called the Streams of Income mm-hmm. show. And, and, mm-hmm. and so I'm telling everybody to get assets that don't generate income. That seems weird. Mm-hmm. Seems kind of not so average. Um, mm-hmm. uh, so how do we buy an asset that does not produce an income? Well, what are some examples of that? Well, that would be like your house, your house, personal home, unless, Ryan, unless you've got an ATM attached in, to your backyard, right. you know, garage or whatever, there's not going to be income coming off your house, right. uh, gold or silver, they don't produce an income. Uh, stocks that don't generate a dividend, uh, like Warren Buffett, a lot of his wealth is tied to Berkshire Hathaway, the company he owns. Mm-hmm. And Berkshire Hathaway hasn't produced a dividend in uh, since the 1960s. So you know they are intentionally keeping income out of their pocket. Now, why is that? Well, remember the income tax is based on whether or not you have income. Mm-hmm. So the very wealthy have figured out buy assets that don't generate income. Our paycheck is a blessing, but it's also a taxable curse. Right. You know, uh, any kind of earned income, a dividend check, uh, anything that produces an income will generate some sort of tax at the end of the day. And legally speaking, if you don't have income, whether you're you know dirt poor or uber wealthy, you won't pay an income tax. That's just the mm-hmm. way the system works. Uh, so feedback on that first of first yeah, step. Yeah, so buy an buy. asset. So so obviously an asset is something that can and grow in value just by nature of the term, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. your house, you're talking about the equity that you would get in your house, um, that that becomes an asset to you, but you don't have to pay taxes on that equity, correct? As it goes up, yeah, correct. What are some um, other things that would Produce an uh, attack. So, like uh, dividend paying stocks, right. that dividend is considered income. Okay. Or a rental property, uh, rental properties produce rent and rent mm-hmm. is taxable. Now, some real estate developers or investors could depreciate some of that income for a little while, mm-hmm. but really all we're doing is we're deferring that rental income into the future. And someday right. that rent will be taxable to us. Mm-hmm. So, here's the problem I have with real estate investing, even though I do it. Um, you know, the problem I have with real estate investing is. We are currently depreciating all of those properties. We're taking tax deductions today, mm-hmm. and we're going to still probably want to charge rent after our properties are fully depreciated. All of the tax goodies are gone. Mm-hmm. That rent is still going to keep hitting our bank account even you know, 10, 20 years from now. Well, Ryan, what did we just get done talking about with regard to tax rates? In the next 20 years- You're going you're gonna to be paying taxes on those- 
Yeah. Uh-huh. So what did we do? We deferred our taxes on that uh-huh. property. Now, is that any different than, you know, uh, the 401k, you know, where we're deferring our taxes for the future. And some people say, well, Mark, isn't the 401k, didn't Moses bring that down from Mount Sinai? I mean, didn't God create the 401k? And no, no, <laughs> uh, the 401k is, is still an experiment. Uh, yeah. it's, it's one of those, uh, it's not even old enough to retire yet. Mm-hmm. financial vehicles. It was mm-hmm. you know, designed in the late, eight, uh, late 70s, early 80s, and it's not even old enough to retire yet. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, the first step is to buy something that appreciates in value. That's the key step for buy, borrow, die. Okay. Um, the second step is to borrow. So step one was to give us something that would rise in value. And that's a lot of fun. Uh, and, 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 but you cannot eat your house appreciation. You, know, right. you still got to live. <laughs> so the way we get money to live on is to borrow, to borrow against that asset. And the very wealthy have made a living off this. They'll borrow against their highly appreciated stock, you know, their Tesla stock or Berkshire Hathaway or Facebook for Mark Zuckerberg. Mm-hmm. And Mark Zuckerberg, he bought back a few years ago in 2013, he bought, he, he bought so much stock of Facebook that he paid a billion dollars in taxes in that first year. Mm. So one of the key tips here is you have to kind of buy your ticket onto this tax-free train. Okay. And once you've bought your ticket, you can live there forever and even pass it on to your kids and grandkids, but you mm. have to buy in. That's, well, that's one of the real hoops you have to jump through to get to the buy, borrow, die strategy. Mm-hmm. So Mark Zuckerberg, he buys all these Facebook shares. They go up in value according to the stock market, and then he can borrow against that. Any bank would lend Mark Zuckerberg a bunch of money off that Facebook stock. Yeah. So he borrows some money from a bank. And by the way, how are interest rates these days, Ryan? They're super, super low, They're right? Low, and that's tax-free because it's loan yeah. proceeds, isn't it? You got it, man. You got it. So you're, you're thinking like the uber wealthy now. So you borrow against anything. Any loan is not considered income by the IRS. And so that's all tax-free money. They're living on billions of dollars a year of tax-free money. That's how Warren Buffett can pay less tax than his secretary because his secretary is earning an income yeah, and he's just borrowing against his, you know, his stocks and other assets. Yeah. See the magic wow. there. Okay. Right? So real quick, um, the, help me with uh, Warren Buffett borrowing money from his stocks. He still has a, a, a bank note, correct? That he would still mm-hmm. be. And so I assume, where would you think he would be getting the money from to pay that, pay that yeah. off? That brings us to the last step, which is die. Uh, you know, I hate to say it for Mr. Buffett. I hope he lives a long time, but someday all of us will pass away. It's not the most fun part of the strategy, buy, borrow, die. But when you pass away, the tax law says all of your stocks get a step up in basis. So he bought his Berkshire Hathaway stock for pennies. Okay. And then when he dies, um, let's say Berkshire Hathaway is, is many dollars, you know, hundreds of dollars, whatever the price is worth. Mm-hmm. And he passes away all of that stock becomes now at the current uh, new value at the day mm. of his death. And so all that stock will pay off any loans he may have accrued and the rest of it goes to his family income tax-free. It's magic. Was so he not having to pay any interest along the way on that? Yeah, but what does he do to cover that interest? Take some more loans to cover the... Le- <laughs> so it's an incredible low, low cost and no tax way to cover that, to cover that obligation. Interesting. So essentially, that's why somebody like Mark Zuckerberg or Warren Buffett may not be taking an, a salary from their their employer when, right. from their own company. They're yeah. just borrowing, essentially borrowing money from their assets right. to live, right? Yep. Thank you. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So you think about it. If you make a dollar 
at your day job, you're going to end up with 70 cents in your pocket yeah. to spend at the grocery store. Uh-huh. But if you, if you have an, a, a dollar in the bank and you could somehow borrow against that dollar, you can get all 100 cents in your pocket with no taxes due. Mm. Even if you paid three cents for interest, you know, that's still way better than paying 30 cents to the IRS. I'd rather pay three cents to a bank and not pay anything to the IRS. So that's how they're able to live, you know, on this highly appreciated stock. And we can get into reasons why and what the yeah. Federal Reserve has to do with any of this, but the the value of their stocks and real estate and everything keep climbing. And the debt is at such low interest rates that they're able to enjoy this lifestyle with no taxes due. Wow. You know, and then they can pass it times, on. I don't think I've ever, yeah. and I know where this is headed and because we're going to talk about how the regular folks like me can take advantage of that without having to be a billionaire, but I've never thought about it in terms of that. Yeah. Isn't Interesting. it, isn't it mind blowing? And then they get to pass all that wealth on to their next, uh, next of kin or kiddos. And guess what they do? They do it again. Yeah. They multiply it, you know? Yeah. So are you, are you happy to kind of jump into yeah, what no, we can let's all talk do? about it? Cause I mean, obviously okay. like what people were thinking is like, uh, well, great. That's good for Warren Buffett, and Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. But what about me? You know, <laughs> I'm not, uh, the CEO of Berkshire Hathaway and I don't run Facebook. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's why it's are you kind of on a, here, Mark? Why it doesn't, but, it doesn't apply to me. <laughs> what are we talking yeah. about this for? <laughs> well, it's kind of that whole, if you remember the show lifestyles of the rich and famous, uh-huh. it's sort of like, well, great. Now I feel terrible about, you know, my little, you know, three bedroom shack or whatever. Right. So yeah, uh, what can we do? What, what can we do for even a couple hundred bucks a month to yeah. get us on that train? Right. Um, we don't have billions of dollars like Zuckerberg and his team. Mm-hmm. So out of, out of the entire financial universe, I cannot find anything else that mimics what the wealthy can do okay. except using a whole life insurance policy designed the bank on yourself way. Mm-hmm. And savvy listeners of your show will probably remember us talking about this before. Right. But when I read this report a month or two ago, it absolutely, my jaw literally dropped because I realized how we can all participate on the same game, same yeah. playing field, yeah. um, maybe at a different scale with a one or two less zeros um, or more, mm-hmm. or you never know mm-hmm. who's listening to your show. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just think the whole life insurance chassis, if you guys will give me a minute, I'll kind of yeah. explain how this works and how you can even beat the wealthy at their own game. Uh, because there's some flaws in the buy, borrow, die strategy when you use the mm-hmm. stocks or real estate that some of these uber wealthy are using. So let's talk about it. Yeah, go for it. Uh, so buy, when you buy a you know whole life insurance policy, you're paying for that policy. You're right. buying your ticket, just like Zuckerberg had to do. He paid a lot of taxes to get on that train, not coming from money himself. So he had to jump on that train and buy his ticket. And just like that, you pay a premium or you pack money into the policy at whatever pace is comfortable for you. could be a couple hundred bucks a month. Got f- folks doing that. Yeah. Folks who are just dumping in a lump sum every after every Q4, a lot of the wonderful right. Legends members, you know, their January and February is pretty flush after a good Q4. Right. So they dump money in that way. Okay. You know? yeah. uh, and so they're packing money in, throwing assets that don't generate an income. Whole life insurance does not uh, intentionally does not like give you a check, unless you ask for it, it's not going to give you a check. It keeps it right inside. So it's just like Warren Buffett. He intentionally keeps his dividends you know, away from him. Yep. So you'll never realize an income off your whole life policy if you don't want that. Okay. So it's just a, and, and one of the key differentials here is that whole life insurance grows guaranteed every year you keep it. Mm-hmm. Now, Ryan, tell me, 
Is Tesla stock guaranteed to grow? It's not. No. Uh -uh. <laughs> what about? Uh, I mean, Facebook. <laughs> right. No, not guaranteed. No. Google, any of that? No, I didn't think so. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anybody who's using the buy, borrow, die strategy of stocks or real estate, mm -hmm. they could have their empires come crumbling down, couldn't they? Yeah. Um, and it's happened before. This is where people go bankrupt, you know? So the asset of whole life insurance grows on a predictable and guaranteed level every single year right. for our entire lifetime. And there's no income, so we don't have to report that to the IRS. So that's step one is buy. Mm -hmm. uh, step two, borrow. Well, again, the whole life insurance chassis, the, the contract gives us the right without having to beg a banker like Mr. Zuckerberg would have to do. We have the right to borrow that money against the life insurance cash value. And there's no taxes due when we right. access that money. Right. Again, it's a true loan. So loans are not considered income by the IRS. Um, and we are in control of the repayment of that loan. So right. unlike Mr. Zuckerberg, we're not, or, or Warren Buffett or anybody, we're not forced to repay that on some sort of schedule. So um, we can use that for income, take it as an income stream, but we certainly could just use it for our whatever else, right? What could, what could your business use, you know, hundred grand for? Oh my gosh. Well, for most of my grand. audience, it'd be inventory. It'd be the biggest yeah. thing. Yeah. 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 The biggest expense or, um, well, I mean, would, um, would employees fall under that? Um, yeah, you could, you could, uh, finance an employee purchase, you know, yeah. if you want to think of it that way. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, or company cars or personal mm -hmm. expenses, mm -hmm. you know, the, you know, your second yacht, Ryan, I know your first one's kind of getting old, so it's probably time to get your second <laughs> yacht. No, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> just kidding. But, um, yeah, you could use this for any purpose. And what's, what's really remarkable about this. And again, this is similar to the, the Uber wealthy, Think of it, when, when Elon Musk borrows against his Tesla stock, uh -huh. does Tesla stop growing or does it just keep doing what it's going to do? The price of Tesla stock does not care whether he borrows right. from, from right. it or not, right? Right. And the policy is just the same. When I borrow against my life insurance cash value, if it's truly designed the bank in yourself way, and honestly, not many policies are designed correctly that I've seen, mm -hmm. but if it's designed the bank on yourself way, Ryan, then my policy will continue to grow as if I hadn't borrowed against it, just yeah. like Mr. Elon and Mark Zuckerberg and, and mm -hmm. Carl Icahn and the rest of them. Mm -hmm. So that's an incredible way to get your money doing two things at once, growing in the policy, mm -hmm. and yet you have access to it, liquid access for you know, inventory and you know, the warehouse you want to purchase and, and renovate, et cetera, yes. et cetera. Yes. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I know that sink in. <laughs> we're talking to you before, I just never thought about it with relation to all the, you know, the billionaires out there and how they're doing it. Essentially they're doing the same thing. Now, I guess in order to have to be able to like literally live off of all that money, you might have to have a, like one big, huge lump sum, like Mark Zuckerberg did at the beginning, correct. To be able then to pull out. Cause I'm not, I'm not pulling out money from my policy every month to live. Not yet. Not yet. Right. I will. Um, and, I will when yeah. I'm old enough and there's enough in there. But like, I guess if right. I was starting off right now in order to be able to completely like, you know, not take a salary from my business or because I'm, I'm a WT, W2 employee of my own business, um, I would have to have enough money in there. Correct. Right. Mm -hmm. Currently right now. And yep. so I would have had to invest a whole lot in the beginning. Mm -hmm. But when I'm, you know, in a few years down the road, it's I'm going to be exactly living like they are. 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, and 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 these guys and gals are extreme versions of what we're all doing. Sure. They had an idea, you know, yeah. they had an idea, whether it was an electric car or a social media site or whatever, they had an idea mm-hmm. and it took off. Yeah. And that gives them the 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 money then to mm-hmm. purchase that asset that doesn't produce an income. Yeah. Now you might receive, you know, a $10 billion idea delivered straight from the angels to your head. Yeah. Or, or your, your idea might just be, Hey, I've got a W2 job and I can uh-huh. save 500 bucks a month. That might be your, your idea. Yeah. And if you can save 500 bucks a month, you can start a policy. Mm-hmm. If you want to save a, a 500 grand a year, you could put that into a policy and yeah. it's all proportional. It's yep. all proportional. So start what you can and, you know, time and money are the two variables here. So mm-hmm. you can either have more time to pack away smaller amounts of money, mm-hmm. or you can put away a lot of money in a shorter amount of time, but both ways still work. And you can, you know, we've got clients putting in over a million dollars a year into policies Mm -hmm. and we've got folks doing, you know, two, three, 400 bucks a month and it, and it just works. So it it just comes down to where you are and what you're comfortable to do. And And so for those people who have never heard this before, I know, I I think you were on episode 10, I believe, because I keep, people ask me about this strategy and I said, just go listen to episode 10. Mark will tell you all about it in that episode. Um, But like the one thing that I think a lot of business owners in my audience love about this is that essentially you can double dip. And we've talked about this before. Um, So if I can explain it in layman's terms, you put money away. um, Every, I have a premium every month that goes into a policy and that's earning interest. But also at any time that I want, I could pull that out and put it into inventory for my business that grows a whole lot more than than the the rate that our my policy, but that's guaranteed, completely guaranteed. I know that's going to happen with an Amazon business. Sometimes you can get twenty to fifty percent and more depending on the inventory. So you're able to yes. take that same money that's already yes. growing, put it in my Amazon business that grows, mm-hmm. and so I'm having two yes. sets of growth from the same money. That's ex- that's a great way to put it. I love that. And and when you do that. Didn't you just increase the overall return? Yes. Without any additional risk. Right. You know, there's there's always a risk with inventory. Sure. Um, and any stock market or anything, you know, and to some degree we can influence or control that risk right. or mitigate it. But with the policy, if you just paid cash for your inventory, all you'd get is the 20, the beautiful 20 to 50%, which is beautiful. Right. right. But if I can also have my policy doing some sort of middle single digit return, yeah, then that just increased my return. Yeah. Without any additional risk, with no taxes or or any other downside, right. um, and and so yes, yes, you can use this for income. Like I said, for Ryan's second yacht, mm-hmm. um, which I've yet to see your first one. I'm just yeah. joking about that. <laughs> but like, you could use I this for your hidden. inventory. Yeah, <laughs> mine's a Hot Wheel. Mine's a little Hot Wheel. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> but uh, you could use this for you know fun stuff too. You know, mm-hmm. or what about your kid's college? Right. Or what about you know your 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 ten year or thirty year anniversary, yeah. or any kind of you know big expense you'd like to make? If it's a right. big purchase, a car, whatever, uh, real estate, this works wonderfully on that level as yeah. well. But the key is you don't have to report that to the IRS, right, for tax purposes or for any other purpose. You don't have to report it to you know the credit bureaus either. You know, it's a right. private transaction. That loan is a private transaction between you and the insurance company. Nobody else has to know and nor do they need to know. There's yeah. not going to be a ProPublica data dump when Ryan borrows his next policy. Thank goodness. Yeah. And one thing you said about the college and the, um, like if I had, 
you know, Callan's four. And so, um, it's going to be a few years before he's even thinking about college. Um, if I had a, you know, a half a million dollars, which is probably what it would cost by then, maybe more in a bank account. Um, and we go to fill out, you know, forms for, you know, to try to get financial aid, they'll see that correct in the bank and be like, you're not, you're not qualified for anything. You've got the money for this. Yeah. However, it's in a whole life policy, the same amount of money. Yeah. Borrowable within, within a few days, I can have that in my bank account. They don't see that. And that doesn't get factored into the formulas. Is that right? Well, you bring up a really great point. You just got some neurons firing in my head too, Ryan. So check this out. You're exactly right. If you keep money in a savings account or your home equity, or if you keep your money in, you know, a brokerage account, or yeah. uh, you know, there's a number of different assets that will, or especially a 529 plan or a college savings you, like, account. A separate, is that what is that what it's called? This, this, yeah. this, this specific mm-hmm. plan for college mm-hmm. savings. Well, think about it. Let's say, let's say you're a college aid, you know, counselor and you're at my, my son, my son or daughter's favorite university. And I'm coming to you and I'm showing you my FAFSA form, which basically is my net worth and my income and some other stuff. So I'm showing you all my, all my stuff financially. And, you know, right behind me in line is somebody with, you know, uh, basically low income or no income Uh and, uh, uh, and, and has no assets on the table. Yeah. And I've got this big, juicy college savings account on my Uh statement. Who do you think you're going to give that scholarship to? Yeah. The person behind you probably. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Now that person behind me could very well have been Mark Zuckerberg and his kids because, you know, he's got no income and all of his assets, you know, well, his stocks would be a problem, but if his money was in whole life insurance, man, that stuff, Mm. that whole life insurance cash value does not get reported on the college uh, FAFSA forms. Yeah. So he could have ended up with more scholarships and grants. You know, that's why Jeff Bezos got the uh, child earned income tax credit um, because he had no income, right? (laughs) He got a tax credit for his kiddos and here he is, Jeff Bezos. So, you know, when you show no income, a lot of things become possible that aren't possible when you are playing the income game. And it's just Mm -hmm. a different game. Food it's stamps. a different game. No, not yeah, that I want yeah. food stamps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Well, um, you know, I hear it's good cheese. That's all I, I hear. It's really, <laughs> but no. The 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 key piece here is, you know, you've got you've got no income when it comes to borrowing. Now, let me finish up by just talking about what happens when we graduate, when we move to the other side of the grass, as we say. Uh, so when we die, uh, now, admittedly, this is not the most enthusiastic part of the plan, right, you know, right. buy, borrow, die, no. but, um, you know, someday it's going to happen. And yeah. again, with uh, the wealthy, you know, as I mentioned, step up in basis works for them there uh, with, with life insurance. What a powerful way to multiply the, the money you can leave your kids or, or mm-hmm. spouse or char- favorite charity. And mm-hmm. by the way, death benefits on life insurance are income tax-free. Yes. Income tax-free. So didn't, what did we just do? We just lived our entire life with no taxes uh, on the policies, uh, no taxes to, to live on that money or to spend it on big expenses that we might need during our working years, whatever. And then we live on that money for 10, 20, 30 years of retirement, whatever. And then we pass away and the remaining death benefit, whatever it is, is still outside of the income tax system. Mm. So is it perfect? No. Are there costs associated with whole life insurance? Yes. Was there a cost when, you know, Donald Trump bought all of his real estate? You bet. You know, there were closing costs. What about, you know, stock trade costs for Mark Zuckerberg and all the prices that he had to incur? You know, yes, there's prices to buy. 
uh, into this game. But this is a simple and I'd say safer way yeah. to do buy, borrow, die. Yeah. Uh, again, because this thing grows on a guaranteed basis, we're never going to have to worry about, you know, our our little Facebook empire coming crashing down, and Uncle Guido showing up at at our front door demanding payment on the loan. Yes. Wow. Fascinating. Another just different way to look at it than I've ever heard of before. We're just here to blow minds. That's what we're yeah. here for, Ryan. You know. Yeah. Oh, and the other <laughs> thing to blow most people's minds if they've never heard this before, heard you talk before is the fact that if you borrow money against it, you never have to pay it off during your Mm -hmm. lifetime. So if you had $100,000 of loans, you're never having to pay that back ever if you don't want to. Mm -hmm. And then you pass away age 85 or 90, whatever. It just comes off of your death benefit. So if your death benefit is $2 million, they subtract a hundred thousand, your yep. spouse would get $1.9 million. That's exactly right. Yeah. In fact, um, let me tell you a quick story of how this has worked out. We had a 35 year old who was just blowing up the, the business that he, in a good way, he was like uh, really doing well in his yeah. business. And he felt like he could save and, and sock away $122,000 a year wow. into a policy. Jeez. And he's like 35 years old. So for 10 years, he did that for, and the plan is to do that for 10 years. Okay. Uh, so after 10 years, he's going to stop completely. He'll be done putting money away. So that's a total of 1.2 million that goes into a policy. Correct. Over, that's him buying his ticket on the buy, yep. borrow, die train. Okay. So um, his plan and our goal is to borrow against that policy in the second year for a car and then do that for five more cars, totaling 375,000 bucks. Okay. That's going to be all the cars. He's also going to do some, some business investments. Okay. He's going to buy, borrow from his policy for some massive business purchases, uh, totaling $3 million bucks in and okay. out, in and out, in and out of his policy. $3 million. Remember, how much did he pay in? $1.2 million. Yeah. Uh, and then he'll, he'll also send his kids to college. And we expected with three kids, he might have a total of $1.2 million to just send his kids to school. Mm-hmm. So all told, we're looking at about four and a half million dollars that he accessed out of his policy. Yeah. How much did he pay in again? 1.2. 1.2 and he borrowed 4.5 million. Okay. Yeah. Remember that was way back in his thirties, but now he's 65 years old and his okay. policy still has another $3.3 million. That's how much cash value he's grown to wow. from, from that period of time when he funded it way back in his thirties. Okay. And he's going to take out $175,000 a year income tax-free throughout age 65 to age 100. Okay. So that's, that's $6.1 million out of, his, you know, out of his policy for retirement. That's, that's all on that money that he was able to slam into the policy way back in his 30s. Million. Wow. And then he leaves the rest. I mean, his, his family, when he passes away at age 100, is still $1.3 million. $1.3 million still left over yeah. after he spent wow. it all. Was he paying off those loans as he went? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. You know, because that business investment, think about it, that business investment that he bought, hopefully it was profitable. Mm-hmm. And so when that profit comes in, it's going to have a put place it back to live. In, add it, could put the cash value back up. All yep. the while, the cash value is increasing yep. and earning dividends. Um, That's it. Yeah. So the next time yeah. he goes to borrow, he has more more than what he had before. Yeah. 
And I really want to emphasize to your audience, you don't need to be 35 years old and you don't need to have $122,000 a year. You could be 65 years old, 70 years old, even 75 years old when you're starting your policy. Uh Um, And I've even had some folks who are in their late 60s, early 70s saying, Mark, I'm going to start this with what I can start, but I want to get this for my kids and my grandkids too. And one guy in particular, he had had a quadruple bypass and was uninsurable. So he could not get life insurance on himself, mm. but he was so floored with the idea of having a family bank mm-hmm. uh, and, and being able to just be the bank for his family mm-hmm. that he said, all right, I'm getting a policy on my wife, on all three of my adult children and all of my grandchildren. He's got 12 policies now, yeah. Ryan, that he owns. He's the oh. owner of those policies. He's yeah. using it for his needs. But every, you know, every uh, chance the family gets together for the dinner, you know, yeah. family dinner, uh, like Thanksgiving, whatever, um, he's like, all right, guys, you know, who needs a car loan, wow. you know, uh, oh who gosh. needs uh, who needs a down payment? And he's helping the family get out of the banking system one family mm. at a time. It's it's a truly remarkable picture. Wow. Is this a way um, just thinking about all the different people listening to this and different age groups? If I am about to retire, I have a decent size 401k. Let's just say it's say it's a million bucks in a 401k. That's probably a lot. Let's say 500,000 in there. And I have five kids. Well, that's not a whole lot of, you know, that's a hundred grand. That's great. And when I pass, you know, they still have to pay taxes on that, but essentially, isn't this a way to almost buy a bigger inheritance for your kids? Yeah. So Let's like use if you those take out numbers. that yeah, money out of your great. 401k, um, put it into a policy like this, a $500,000 policy, depending on the person's health and all that, well, the death benefit would be a whole lot more than 500,000. Let's yes. just say it just doubled. It's only a million. Um, depending on the age is probably a lot more than that. Um, mm-hmm. You've just doubled your inheritance essentially. Well, let's, let's walk that all the way out, Ryan. I mean, I ask folks all the time, have you ever done the math on that? I'll ask them, have you done the math? If you've got more than one kid, and you're going to leave them your 401k, let's say your spouse has passed or, or you know, maybe they're the surviving spouse and then they yeah. leave it to your children. If you've got five kids or even two kids, mathematically speaking, the IRS will be the greatest inheritor of your wealth. Mm-hmm. And let me do the math on this for yeah. fun here if you got a minute. Yeah, so, we're good. I, know. I got eight minutes left. For, I know you have eight minutes okay. left. So Okay, cool. So 500,000 divided by five kids, right? Five kids. Uh-huh. That's 100 grand a piece. You okay. mentioned that. Yep. So each of those kids is going to have to pay their taxes. You know, as they receive that money, it's going to be taxable income back to buy, borrow, die. Well, that's an income that they're going to receive. 401ks are uh, when we get that money out of the 401k, it's called income when we get it out. And since the, since the person that earned it passed the, instead of him, he or she paying the taxes, it goes to their def- descendants. To, to their descendants. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, when are we most likely going to die? Uh, well, maybe our seventies or eighties or whatever nineties, how old will our kids be? Well, probably their fifties, you know, late fifties. Uh-huh. Uh, so our income will likely their our children's income will likely be at their Zenith, you know, their highest. So they're going to receive that income at probably their highest tax bracket. And it's just going to pile on the tax problem when they receive that money. Now it's a wow. blessing no matter how you get sure, inheritance. Sure, sure. But let's just say each of those kids gets a hundred grand and they're in a 30% bracket at that point. Yeah, they're Again, what are taxes going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Taxes might even be higher in the future, right. but you're right. If, if they, um, if they are on a 30% bracket, they're left with 70 grand a piece. So keep yeah. that number in mind. Yep. Each of the, each of the biological inheritors here, the kiddos gets 70 grand. Uh-huh. Now that means the IRS gets 30 grand. 
Now, what is $30,000 times five? Well, it's 150 grand, right? How much did the kids get? 70 70 each. How much did the IRS get? Yeah. 150. 150. Wow. Who was, who was, was there someone at the IRS you were just so madly in love with that you wanted to leave them the the lion's share of your 401k. <laughs> so that's why I'd say, you know, if you do have 401ks, IRAs, you know, I don't know your situation. I'm, I can't give people investment advice here sure. or anything, Sure, but I'd say sit down and do the math there. Yeah. And then if you want uh, to put that money into a life insurance policy, you're exactly right. If you're in your mid sixties, typically the math works out in, in relatively good health. No one's perfect health-wise, but if you put 500 grand after tax, that might be 400 grand for you, whatever. Uh, two, you know, three, three seventy, four hundred, something like that, goes into a policy. Yeah, you'd have about a million bucks in death benefit. And then, what did we just say about death benefits? Are, are those taxable? I can't. No, let's see, Ryan. Are those no. tax free? Yeah, they're tax free, right? So take a million divided by your five kids, and they just they have uh, two hundred thousand dollars where before they yeah. would have had seventy. That's right. That's right. So which of those two numbers would the kids rather receive? Jeez. You know, with no taxes due. Yeah. Wow. What's the, okay, real quick. I mean, you you just you just need more people at that age bracket because that team seems to me some pretty low hanging fruit for somebody like a no brainer. Like if I'm seventy years old and I don't know how much longer, you know, I, I I'm around or whatever. I mean, seventy is really really young. My parents are like seventy three, yeah. so they're young. But you know, like you're probably starting to think about that stuff. Hmm. And it is there any what's the is the is there any reason not to do that? I mean, obviously every situation is different, but yeah, yeah. it seems like it'd be stupid to say, okay, I got my 401k, it's 500,000 versus putting it into whole life policies completely guaranteed and my kids are going to get 200,000 depending on the number of kids I right. have. Mm-hmm. Um let me yeah, let me tell you a story. So the the um the the there was someone who passed away from the the virus uh recently, uh unfortunately. And he had an IRA and he also uh-huh. had some life insurance we had set up. Okay. Uh, and he had, you know, within two weeks, that death benefit had been paid out to the family, mm-hmm. you know, two weeks, boom. And it was tax-free, no mess, yeah. totally private. Yeah. His IRA is still stuck between the siblings kind of fighting over it. And who's going to oh end up gosh. having to pay the taxes and, and more. Wow. Now, would I go out and just tell everybody to just rip all their money out of their 401k right now and just pay all their taxes in the first year? Maybe, maybe not. I, I don't necessarily, I'm not an accountant. So, you know, you'd want to talk mm-hmm. to your accountant about that, but sure, you could spread that money out of your 401k, do it systematically. It's the, it's the old band-aid analogy, right? You can rip it off or you can take it off slowly, yeah. slowly and surely before taxes go up dramatically. Yeah. If you're in your seventies and you can get that money out of your IRAs yeah. and you're going to be forced to when you're 72 years old. You know sure. they force you to start taking money out at age 72 now through right. something known a, known as a required minimum distribution. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you can get that money out, spread it out over five years, put it into a life insurance policy, three years, seven years, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, then then now we've solved the tax problem for your children. Right, and it's liquid for you. And I should mention quickly if you needed long term care. You know, your 401k is not going to be there to help you uh, necessarily, but the life insurance has a writer on it, uh, an option that you can use the death benefit for chronic illness. Um, If you have a medical need or a memory care loss, you know, Alzheimer's, something like that, and you're in a nursing home or a home health care, you can use some, Mm -hmm. some, or all, most all of the death benefit can be used for that expense for yourself if, if, uh, if you needed it. So, wow, man. 
This is so cool. Well, I'm so glad I met you because I feel like, you know, our retirement is uh, not that I'm ever going to retire. I feel like I'm going to be doing what I'm doing forever. I love it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, uh, you know, Callan is, uh, you know, pretty much secured now, you know, financially because of meeting you. So you've changed our life and I appreciate well, that. Um, it, it, what else? it may yeah. be, it may be our conversations, but you took the action and that's really what matters, man. Ryan, you know, it doesn't matter what people hear, you're going to move on guys. And in the next few minutes, you're going to move on to the next podcast. And sure. it's going to be, it's going to be up to you on whether or not you actually do something about what you just learned. Mm-hmm. And you know, you, you might be better or worse for having heard this. If you don't yeah. take action, I'd say it's worse to, to, to know something and not act on it. So sure. um, yeah, Ryan, you did the right thing by taking action. So uh, let's call this buy, borrow, graduate. I think I like that yeah. better. What do you yeah. think? <laughs> I like that. That's awesome. Yeah, you definitely should start using that if you haven't already. I mean, I'm sure you are whenever other podcast appearances you're making and speaking engagements. Well, it just changes changes the trajectory. If if all we know is the 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 there's an old video on YouTube, it's called the the flea jar experiment. Mm-hmm. And everyone who has seen this knows exactly what I'm talking about. But if you took a a, a you know a, um a jar full of, le- of fleas mm-hmm. and put the lid on that jar, give it a few days, come back a day or two, three later, take the lid off the jar. And those fleas will only jump to the height of that jar. They will right. not jump out. Right. And what's so interesting is when those fleas reproduce, their children also will not jump beyond the lid. Wow. The imaginary lid. Wow. So have we been trapped in a lidless jar and are we finding a way now, or at least one more way, financially speaking anyway, yeah. to, to escape the lid? So that's my question for your audience. I, I think so. I think this cool. is definitely one of the answers. Mark, thank you. I know you need, you got to get another call. Appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, give us, give us all, always give us something to think about. And guys, I would just say definitely take action. At least um, go to ryanrieger.com forward slash bank on yourself. I'll put a link in the show notes. And at least uh, give his office a call and talk to him or one of his uh, awesome, uh, you know, team members um, to see if this is a fit for you. If it's not totally cool, but it's uh, changed our financial life. So definitely should check it out at least. Yeah. I, I do a lot of talking on these podcasts, but I try to do a lot of listening when, when I'm on the phone with everybody. Yeah. And um, if this is not the right fit, we're obligated to tell you yeah. uh, and then we'll do something else or yeah. say good luck and move on. But uh, yeah, 10, 15 minute phone call would be a great conversation starter. I'd love to meet folks. Yeah. You have some of the kindest, coolest people oh, you get cool. to hang out with in I the world, Ryan, and I'm yeah. privileged to know you. So keep up the great work. Feel the same way, man. Appreciate it, Mark. We'll see you in the next, next time you're on. I'm sure it won't be too long. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks, buddy. Have a good day. Bye-bye, everyone. See you next week.